episode is sponsored by Dreams from the East. Founded in 2015, Dreams from the East is a full-service entertainment and clothing company specializing in marketing, creative production, and brand strategy. I have a bunch of clothes from Dreams from the East, and it is super comfortable. Um, they have really great sets, they have accessories, and the quality is really great, so you're really getting your money's worth. Um, they also have a really cool mission. They aspire to motivate and spark the dreams of those with a clear vision of better living. Dreams from the East is not just a clothing company, it's a collective of artists and creatives that are sharing their stories. So go check them out at dreamsfromtheeast.com to learn more. Okay, welcome to another episode of Just Us, the podcast about mental health and the justice system and how creative expression and purpose can be used to make meaning and cope. Today, I have another very special guest with me, the very talented Ryan Jones. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. That's what I'm supposed to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Ryan Jones. Um, so I've been tattooing for 15 years now. I paint also, um, but yeah, mainly mainly as a, I'm a tat, tattooer. That's where I make my income from okay. mostly. Yeah, I sell paintings also, but yeah, I would say I'm looked at as a tattooer at least yeah. at this time. All right, yeah. nice. Okay, so are you ready to get into it? Yes. All right, it's just us. So I want to dive right in. Start from the beginning. You're from Taunton. Yep. Okay, so you're from Taunton, Massachusetts. Tell me a little bit about what Taunton means to you, and if it does mean anything to you. Yeah, I mean, so I grew up in Taunton. I was born and raised there. Um, and I guess over the course of my career, it has just grown in meaning to me. Um, I tattooed in the city for 10 years before I moved into opening my own studio. And, uh, and that move... That move was kind of my uh, the beginning of the, the deeper meaning in the city for me, mm-hmm. for me to really, uh, I guess, make my mark and uh, and start to think more about impact yeah. um, and what and what my studio could could mean for the whole city as a whole. Yeah. So that's kind of the direction I was heading in there. Yeah, I mean, as a city, it's it's. It gets a bad rap, like like most smaller cities around this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if, for me, I'm I'm excited to to change that narrative through through my business mostly. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, what has made you want to stay? Can I? Yeah, I've connected with so many people through that city. I've tattooed there for 15 years. So, and that was kind of like a grassroots come up too. Mm-hmm. So. I've just seen all walks of life um, from from doing business there for so long and doing what I do. I just see all kinds of different people. So f- for me, like my clientele became family, especially in the in the early days, and even now, you know, it's like it's tough to uh, to differentiate between business and like friends and family because it all just coincides and it's everybody is like part of this one big community throughout this this whole time i've been tattooing so um, yeah i bet like personal relationships friendships have come out of it yeah uh so yeah 
It's been cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So what was childhood like in Taunton? Like what was life like for you when you were growing up? I was into sports, so for me, everything was just about sports. I played hockey my whole life, and I still do. Um, so for my childhood, everything revolved around playing hockey. It was just, that's what I did every day. I went to school, played hockey after school with my friends. Um, and that was really my upbringing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you play hockey in high school? Yeah. Okay. And then... Did you go to college or did you not go to college? Yeah, I did two years at BCC. Okay. Uh, community college. Mm-hmm. And then I did, um, I ended off at uh, UMass Dartmouth. Yep. Ended up doing just one semester over there. And I dropped out mm-hmm. to uh, just tattoo full time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So when you were growing up, was mental health ever talked about? No. No, never. never. <laughs> really yeah. never. Like literally <laughs> yeah. never. Um, for sure. Yeah, that's that's the the most common answer I feel like. Mm. And it's it's interesting I feel like to see even just across all these all these episodes the variety and diversity of people that I've had on the show um in so many aspects and everybody's response pretty much being the same that it wasn't talked about. Mm. Um I think maybe one person said that it was, and that was for like a very specific reason because there was like a family member in the uh, in the family who was struggling. Um, but so it wasn't talked about. Do you remember if it was ever talked about like at school or even just like around at all? No, it's funny. Like everything's physical health in yep. school, right? Everything's about your uh, your food pyramid. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's so right, true. Right? Like everything yeah. was focused on physical health. Yep. And then I guess the correlation between physical and mental didn't come in until like later. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to think about because I wonder, I mean, I think that mental health today is more prominent. Um, and, and I don't know if it was, you know, it might have still been bad back in the day and we just maybe didn't necessarily know about it, but it's funny, like it really wasn't talked about in school. And I, I remember in health class, I don't even remember what we talked about in health class. I just remember it being about, like you said, like the food pyramid. And um, I think I mentioned on another episode, like I remember one class specifically where we had to wear like drunk goggles mm-hmm. to like see what mm-hmm. it would be like if you were drunk. And it's like yeah. the things that they would tie in. And and so many things could have been tied back to mental health, I think. And it just didn't. Yeah. It wasn't there at all. It's so interesting. Um, do you remember the first time that you did learn about mental health or um, had an experience with it, whether it was you or someone you know? I mean, like, thinking back, like like you said, it's always been there. It's mm-hmm. not like it just popped out of nowhere. Right. Um, so thinking back into even, like, middle school, like now that it's now that it's more of a conversation, like you can look back and you can be like, it was super apparent that mental health was a real thing even yeah. at that young age, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I think we we all have like certain kids that we all went to school with and whatnot that we can even today like it's universal. Like, yep. you can't just categorize. Okay, these people got mental health issues, but like mm-hmm. the dude that's you know grinding nine to five or whatever suit and tie type dude doesn't have yep. them. That's not how it works. Yep. 
we all have a brain we all have so the, the, yeah. there's our curse right we yeah. all got a brain so we all got yeah. the same mental issues like we all deal with them a different way so yeah yeah it's a universal spectrum uh yeah it's been it's been around forever yeah i think that's actually an interesting point too like growing up and knowing that there was almost like a separation of individuals who maybe were in like special education classes or like behavioral uh, rooms or classes. Um, but that doesn't mean that just those people that were in those classes were struggling. Like there was definitely like the rest of us, we, we probably just hit it better. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> we're just a little bit better at not getting caught for certain shit. Yeah, yeah. Like there was definitely stuff going on with, with everybody else. Um, it was just a matter of, like you said, like how you handled it. Um, or maybe, you know, however the brain was working, I guess, for each different person. Um, but that's interesting. When you, do you feel like you ever had an experience yourself with mental health? Like, or as you got older, do you feel like you started to notice things more? Yeah, I think it's the most, the most uh, intense now, not like, not in like the most intense like outbursts or like issues with it, but it's the most reflected on for me now. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's the trouble with the whole, that's the trouble with the whole uh, conversation is that you got to be able to get through a certain age mm-hmm. until you're, you can even reflect on your actions. Yeah. That's so true. Right. It's like, None of that even was a thought, even up until like very recently for me. I would say like I'm 33, so I'd say reflection wasn't even really a, a part of my vocabulary until like a few years ago even. Yep. And it's only until you start reflecting that you realize what's affecting your mental health. Yeah. And yeah, that's when you can start to just start to design your life in a way where your mental health becomes your priority yeah hopefully yes that's kind of so true you're kind of uh you're behind the eight ball if you're not thinking that way yep so much of it is reflection and i think that it's something that we can do all the time but it's kind of like learning like you said even learning that that's a thing (laughs) like learning Mm -hmm. how to reflect and what that means um and maybe starting with reflecting on like when you were younger and how things maybe affected you, but then also reflecting on like something that happened yesterday and like how you went about it. You know what I mean? Um, and if you would maybe want to do things differently in the future, um, did you ever get into any trouble when you were younger? Yeah. Just a little, nothing crazy. Right? Yeah. Just mischievous type stuff. <laughs> I was kind of like, the accomplice i wasn't like the the criminal right i'm kind of yeah. like the kid that maybe helped out but maybe didn't get caught so bad yeah like never expelled but definitely detention kind of guy yeah i kind of played the middle yep um, just uh, enough yeah nothing crazy okay how was i don't really know much of taunton in terms of like um the presence of police or like the justice system and you know kind of like crime rates or anything like that really i mean i know taunton just because i live i've always lived close to taunton and i've definitely visited there a lot but um was the justice system spoken about at all when you were younger or do you feel like it was very prevalent like you knew it was there 
No, the, the soonest, the earliest memory of that is like dare, the dare class. Yes, yes. Um, I love thinking about dare. Yeah, that's like the youngest age I can remember, like police presence in the city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like, no, it wasn't really like a big topic, like in school or something like yeah. that. No. Did Did you go to Taunton High or did you go to? I went to Coil. You went to Coil. Yeah. I was gonna ask if Taunton High had school police. Do you know if they do? I think they do. Okay. Yeah. I know like Brockton High does too, but then I know cities, no, not cities, like Norton, I don't think they have a school place. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Taunton does have a detail there. Okay. Yeah. How was the difference of Coil and maybe your school experience prior being in Taunton Public Schools? Yeah, so public schools all the way up until high school. So for me, like all my friends went to Taunton High. Mm-hmm. All the kids I grew up with. Um, so you're saying the difference between the two high schools? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, like how was it? Was I mean, it a big difference when you went to Coil, opposed to like your public school experience? Yes and no. Um, kids were still kids. You yeah. Know, don't matter what uniform you wear. Yep. Uh, I mean, there was plenty of like drug raids that Coil too. Like shit wasn't like yeah, it's not like we all you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was still people getting their lockers ripped open there, too. So, like yep. I said, kids are kids. I'm, I, I, I can't speak for Totten High. I've never went there. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there was some stuff going on over there, too. Yeah. But, yeah, as far as the differences, I just went there. I went to Coyle to play hockey. That was like, going to be my that next was question. My, that was my whole reason. If it wasn't for that, I would have been at Totten High, mostly. Okay. Um, are you happy that you ended up at Coyle? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got lifelong friends out of that, so nice. That's, that's the best part about it. Yeah, how was the diversity? Was Coil like was that school diverse or not really? Not as diverse as Totten High for okay. sure. Yeah, but it was. You know, those. I mean, that that was at the time too. I think that the, it seemed like um, there was like in programs in place to make it more diverse type of thing. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yep. Um, but no, for sure not as diverse as Taunton High. Yeah, because Taunton's a very diverse city. Yeah, definitely yeah. Like very a, diverse. Like middle school, like a lot. Went to school with a lot of Spanish kids, a lot of black kids, like yep. everybody. Yep. Like Taunton's super diverse. Yeah. yeah. Even more so now. Yeah. Than back then. It's funny because I always just know <laughs> because there's a ton of Portuguese people in Taunton. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so like that's usually why we would go there is to go to like Portuguese restaurants or yeah. Um. So do you think that you learned anything or maybe, you know, reflecting now back on the differences of how diverse maybe public school was in Taunton growing up and then going to Coil and there being a lack of diversity? Like, do you think that that you thought about that or do you think that your experience could have been different if it was more diverse if there was anything that you maybe learned, yeah. The ex- if if it was different, for, I mean, your experience is only what you experienced, right? So mm-hmm. I only know what I experienced. So could it have been different for sure? I'm not sure that it would have changed much, right? I mean, in what ways? I guess I would have to ask you. In what ways do you mean? Would it be different? I don't know. I guess. Do you think that? Do you think that you would have learned more in high school 
let me see if I can rephrase this. So I don't know how much you feel like you, you know, are open-minded or anything like that, but do you think that if you had grown so like for me, for instance, going to Norton schools <laughs> forever until high school, my mind was like open to, I don't even know. When I went to Brockton High, I was like, whoa, like mm. this is the world. Right. Norton's like a little bubble. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm. like everybody lives under a rock is kind of like how I felt when I went to Brockton High. Mm. Um, so do you feel, I mean, I guess, so I guess it's kind of the opposite for you where you were kind of already open to all these different cultures and then you went to Coil. To a degree, right? I mean, we're still just Massachusetts. Yep. And then we're Taunton and then we're Brockton, like, mm-hmm. There's New York, like there's a yeah. there's a world outside of the United States, yeah. like yep. So there's a spectrum there. I mean, you're you're only as ex- experienced as you seek. Yeah, that's very true. You know. Yep. I can't say that like going to Taunton High would have been like the pinnacle of of experience of culture. Right. Like, <laughs> I've been going to New York recently, and that feels like closer to that. Yeah. But it's still just New York. Yep. You know. Yeah. So. That's a good point, though, too. I like that you said that it's kind of like what you seek because, yeah, I mean, I could have went to Brockton High and only hung out with or surrounded myself with a certain, you know, type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my experience might have been different. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what it is. Yeah, it's super what you seek because no matter where you're at, you can find your people. Mm-hmm. You know, I am I like, I like to force myself to be around whatever mm-hmm. take ubers every day like yeah uh go to convenience stores anywhere yeah. you know like you can avoid things or you can not yeah. so it's really up to you are you the type of person when you uber to talk to the uber driver and like ask them questions no i leave it up to them <laughs> but i've been ubering for like a year right now i have no i have no car for like a year oh wow so but no uber's been like a dope experience because because of all that yeah you meet all kinds of different people, different conversations. It's like high and by too, right? You may yeah. never see this person again. So yeah, it's pretty cool in that way. I, I found like a lot of positivity from the drivers because of it's so fleeting. Yeah. It's like they just drop off a little bit of positivity. You give it back maybe. Yeah. And then it's like, see you later. Thanks. That's so true. That's pretty cool. That's so interesting. Did you see it outside of you and your experience? Did you see it happening with other people around you when you were growing up? Not at a like high level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I wasn't... None of, none of my friends that I can remember, like, seeing get arrested or... Mm-hmm. No. I was into sports. Like, I, I stayed away from a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I was, in, I was tattooing at 18 years old in the city of Taunton. Like, I was... It was right there. Yeah. For me to be involved in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just never went down that path. Yeah. I was like, that was part of like a big reason when I started tattooing. A lot of people around me, like my parents and even my, my uh, the shop owner at the time, mm-hmm. were like worried because what about what I was around and the type of people I'd be meeting throughout that early part of my career. Interesting. But um, I was still playing hockey even into my, like, the early years of tattooing. So that, again, like, kept me kind of away from all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, you know, learned on learned early on that 
partying and drinking and all that didn't help me tattoo any better the next day. So, <laughs> yeah, it, like I don't go out. Like I really don't go anywhere. Didn't go out much back then. Yeah. Didn't didn't go live away at college. So yeah. I was in town. Yeah, you know, through all my college time. So that kept me away from a lot of shit that I, you know, that yeah. I'm thankful for all that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was my choice, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I could have done gone any which way. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting because a lot of people will say that sports kind of like drove them away from maybe a lot of trouble. But it sounds like tattooing on top of that did that for you. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more, though, about what you said, how people were kind of worried when you first started tattooing and uh, like the, maybe the type of people that you were going to be around or potentially could be around. Um. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I feel like, especially maybe back when you started, there's probably a lot of stigma around tattoos too. So um, what did people, I guess, what did people think about like the type of people that would be coming around? Yeah, so I started tattooing 2008. And uh, the shop I started at was definitely like an old school type street shop. Mm Mm-hmm. So that came with street stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's no prejudice when you come in the door and you want a tattoo. Yeah. You know, you're seeing all the time the walks of life. People come in drunk, high, whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that was the lifestyle that you were around for most of your day. You know, back then we'd be tattooing until, like, 11 at night mandatory you got to be there so that welcomes a whole different world of person yeah. like now i'm like i'm tattooing maybe till like 8 eight thirty. you know yeah i'm not sleeping by 11 so <laughs> no that that whole that whole tattooing world back then was way different than it is now 15 years ago yeah so now yeah i mean now it's the opposite and luckily i'm i'm busy enough where i can Mostly have my door locked, and uh, it's just a private appointment yep. with with one one or two people a day, and uh, I can avoid a lot of that kind of hectic life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Good for you. Did you ever have any like serious issues when you were tattooing with anybody? Close. Yeah. yeah, I've had I've had a few different times that were a little sketchy, um, but nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah nothing. Nothing went like. Straight left or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine though, like especially the later that it's open, like the type of people that maybe come in or who are like, "Fuck it, let's go get tattoos." Yeah, it was all harmless stuff. I mean, yeah, nothing went crazy though. Yeah, how has it been to see uh, maybe the image of tattoos in general kind of grow the past however many years? Like, I feel like it's definitely less. Um, there's less stigma yeah. around having tattoos um, in like the workplace and all these other different things. Like I feel like a lot of times people had a very specific idea if they saw tattoos mm. and I think that that's grown a lot. So how has that been as someone who's in the industry? Yeah. I mean, it, for me it hasn't changed much because I've been right in it. Yeah. So every day I see somebody there getting a tattoo. So for me it's not weird to see them. Like right to see tattoos everywhere, um, but yeah, I mean, 
it's it's strange because it's an outsider type of like uh point of view point of view yeah yeah and like you said you're in it so i've been around it i've been to conventions where like it's normal to see people with face tattoos and whatever so yeah i think i think that was that was really cool because the most tattooed like people i've ever met were like some of the chillest people ever you know yeah and and most times opposite right like I don't know, I've seen <laughs> the most judgmental people yep. type, you know, no tattoos type of guy, right? I don't know, like, it's just strange, but, yeah, for me, it's never been weird because I've been, at, been around it since I was 18, so I just admire, like, good work when I see it. Yeah. I'm a fan of tattooing, like, yeah. for me, it's it's been so ingrained in my life that, it's, to me, it's just, like like putting on a hat or a shirt like it's just part of yeah what you acquire right. <laughs> through life you know except we can't take it off i guess yeah oh well, you can is that part yeah <laughs> what would you say to someone who maybe does have some views that are stigmatizing about tattoos like being on the other side of it any words of, of wisdom <laughs> <laughs> really they teach their own yeah like i'm not trying to convince anyone to get a tattoo um yeah i wouldn't say much unless they had something to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they have something to say straight to you yeah or what if you so people viewing tattoos as like unprofessional or oh they must be this type of a person like you've obviously been able to see like you said firsthand like that's not necessarily the case just because someone has a tattoo or they're covered in tattoos. Like you said, face tattoos. Like a lot of people look at face tattoos and immediately think like, I don't even know, just not, Yeah. you know, they put this like negative connotation kind of on people or this like label. Yeah. Um, so I think you being able to see it all the time and seeing it as, like you said, just like a work of art rather than this negative connotation behind it, I think is really I mean, it's nice, and I, I wish that more people felt that way. It's nice to see now that it's becoming a little bit more accepted in, like, the workplace. And, and obviously not everywhere, but, like, certain yeah. workplaces, I think, are, like, it used to be kind of like, you can't show tattoos. And it's mm-hmm. like, what, why? Like, what is the... I, it, I never understood how that makes... Or that gives, like, an unprofessional vibe like that i don't i don't really understand that did did you ever think about that like before were you kind of like confused by that as well yeah what's what's crazy is like we're, we're into a time now where it's so much about equity and like you know equal opportunity and all this but it seems like tattooing is the one thing that's still <laughs> you know yeah yep. it won't get too political but you can do a lot of things to your body nowadays and still get the job yeah. <laughs> but if you got a tattoo on your head or something. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, right? Like, watch out for this guy. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's it's really interesting. I was actually talking with um, some people from work the other day about, like, what's considered professional and what's not in terms of, like, appearance and how a lot of that also, like, a lot of ideas about professionalism are almost kind of, like, ingrained in like racism and like prejudice and in terms of like social class um 
just so many different things, like different hairstyles that people see as unprofessional, like tattoos mm. people see as unprofessional, like all these different things. And it's like, how did we get here? <laughs> like, who made these rules? It's crazy. It yeah. really is. When you think about it, like, and going back to mental health, like, to me, all this shit ties in because anxiety, right? Like, what the fuck is that? Like, yep. What is it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the <laughs> question. question. Yeah. The answer is it's like, it's, your, you know, it's like, it's it's why mm-hmm. you get your hairstyle that way or, you know, it, it's different for everybody, but we definitely make decisions on our appearance, fashion, yep. whatever the hell you want to do. Like, what, however you make up your your character, you know, it's a, it's a blurry line. Like, in some ways, it's you can say fuck it, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want, and yep. I don't care what anybody thinks. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that are like pr- imprisoned by what you think. Yep, and then they'll make their decisions on their hairstyle or their shoes or whatever to get the job mm-hmm. or to, to fit in. Yep. Then there's the other end of the spectrum that says, fuck it, not doing any of that. Mm-hmm. And all that shit correlates into this idea of mental health mm-hmm. and uh, social anxiety. Yep. But what's cool is like, what I've realized though, I think is like the light at the end of the tunnel for that whole conversation is, uh, it's about experience, right? It's like you you need to go experience life. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't go find your people. Right. You can't go sit at, the, at that cafeteria table. You got to take the Uber, maybe, or you got to yeah. walk to work. Yeah. Maybe you got to go to New York instead of your city. Like go yeah. wherever. And 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 then like focus on who's who's looking at you. Yeah. Because no one is. <laughs> wow, I love like, that. Like nobody cares. Yeah. Everybody's right? doing their own thing. If you really pay attention, no one's sitting there looking you up and down like, oh, look who he's got on. This guy's a bum. Or this right. guy, oh, look, he's got Jordans on. Or this guy's yeah. cool. Or whatever the fuck it is. Like, yeah. So it's crazy. It you is gotta crazy. just You got to really realize that like we're all the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And no one really gives a fuck anyway. <laughs> like, That's it's crazy. One thing that I love about New York, too, is I feel like every time I go to New York, I feel like... I feel that. I very much feel that. Like everybody is literally just doing their own thing. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. And like everyone loves, I mean, obviously, you know, maybe not everybody in New York feels that way, but that's every time I go there, I feel that like everybody's just doing their thing, mm. doing what they want, wearing what they want, you know, like, and, and I think like you said, tying back people that are imprisoned by, um, like their thought process of maybe trying to fit into certain jobs and different things or like changing their appearance in that way. That has to feel, I don't know. There has to be a layer of mental health there that like feels like you're just never truly being yourself or you can't be, you know, which that has to, I can't even imagine like that sucks. Um, And then like you said, there's people who are like, I'm going to be myself a hundred percent every day. And if this job doesn't want me, then they don't want me. And then mm-hmm. I go on to the next place. That's um, that's the liberating part mm-hmm. right there. It's so tough to get there though. I feel yeah. like, <laughs> Very I feel like, and there. I understand that. Like, it's, it's not like you just say, yeah, I'll wake up and don't give a fuck what people think. It's not that easy. But, um, but like anything else in life isn't easy either. Right. So you got to fight your battles like daily. Yep. But 
it's a battle worth fighting yep. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's a start. Yes. You know, absolutely. And like you said, it, it can be such a liberating feeling and to be able to get there, I feel like is, it's just, it's great. It's so great. And mm-hmm. I, I wish that everyone at least even reflect, like going back to reflection, like at least starting to maybe reflect on these ideas or like how much you feel like you're being yourself every day. Or if you're not doing a certain thing you want to do because of how your job might view it or how other people might view it. Um, like even what I was just kind of talking about, about the tattoo that I want to get yeah, and saying like, ah, oh, for a while, honestly, I didn't get tattoos that were big and or on parts of my body that you could see because of my career. I was like, I don't know if I can be in court and testify with, you know, I mean, granted, I'll probably be wearing like a pantsuit and you probably won't be able to see most of my body anyways, but, or just different things. And now like I work in corrections and honestly, they, I feel like they don't really care about tattoos anymore. Um, I, there's people walking around with like full sleeves and, and nobody, nobody gives a shit. But before, back in the day, I feel like it would be like, that's what we would expect of an inmate to have on their body. Like, not a staff member, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I think in terms of tattoos, like the one that I want to get on my arm, bigger for the ones that I have, I feel like it's been very much like, okay, well, I want it on my body forever. And like, that's the only thing that I, that I need to think about. Not all this other, not all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And so you don't got to please everybody anyway. Right. You know? Not everybody's your person. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like, and and that's, you'll realize who those people are. Yeah. And like, if that person has an opinion, like, then, okay, they don't matter anyways to you. Yeah, we, we tie, we tie on to too many people that we grew up with. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just the truth. Yep. And we, we, we got to constantly keep evolving, like, to find find your tribe yeah yep. that's the, what the people say right yeah <laughs> find your tribe but that's the truth because and the tribe doesn't have to be big yep we're not going to fight a war right mm-hmm. we're just trying to find some good friends that like make us feel yep. feel welcome and like yes we can talk to we're not gonna go we don't need a tribe we right. just need <laughs> we just need, <laughs> we need a wolf pack a little yeah wolf pack. <laughs> we just need to feel good around the people we want to be around yep and there's no criteria for who those people are yep so, yeah, it doesn't. You don't gotta find the, those people in your town, your city. Nothing. You can find them. There's a. It's a big world out there. Yeah, absolutely. And also find yourself too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Self love. It's so important. Before anything else. Yep. Is, is a huge key. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to talk talk more about your tattooing. So you started at 18. Mm-hmm. Did you have any tattoos before you started tattooing? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I did. I got my first one from Juan Zamora. Okay. He worked at Action Inc. He's the guy that I mentored under. Nice. Um, and uh, he actually was the guy that told me I should start tattooing. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So I'll never forget that. But yeah, I got that when I was 17, actually. Okay. And then, yeah, a year later... Started tattooing for the first time. What was it that kind of sparked that interest in you? Like, when did you realize, oh, okay, I want to do this? It was, I would always draw. All through high school, I was drawing. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it came time, that whole, like, scary time of college where you got to figure out what you're going to do with your life. So yep. at that time was, like, when Miami Ink came on television, yep. like, the very first tattoo show ever. And then I just remember watching that and seeing the artwork that went behind that and just saying, like, all right, well, I feel like I could do that, you yep. know? And then getting my first tattoo was a cool experience. Mm -hmm. And I had drawn it, I designed it myself and gave it to Juan and he tattooed it. And yeah, it just took a little like kick in the ass of him saying like, you can, you should tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I was like, all right, cool. Well, if this dude's saying it, then yeah, I'll give it a shot. And uh, but, So I, yeah, a family friend of mine owned the shop and that's how I got my foot in the door over there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you, you did your first, you drew your first tattoo. Mm -hmm. That's so dope. Yeah. Is it a big one? Uh, it's pretty big. It's on my right shoulder. I still got it. For a first tattoo, yeah. It was yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So when did you first start drawing? I'd probably say like habitually, like in high school. Like okay. freshman, like all through high school. Mm -hmm. Just always had a sketchbook every day, I think. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, once I got to 18 and I started tattooing, that's when I really started, like, focusing on drawing yeah. to get better. Yep. And uh, kind of fell in love with it once I got to college. Started drawing like every day, oh, like wow. five hours a day at class, you know, yep. drawing classes, painting classes. Nice. And I really like that. That made me fall in love with it all. I had a teacher named Ron Lister that was just like classic, like classic old school dude that just like had sketchbooks and he was just like just a dope dude to learn from. Yeah. Just kind of like said the right things yep. to keep you like, like to let you know this was a real path to yeah. take. Right, and this doesn't have to just be like a hobby. Mm -hmm. So do you feel like when you first started drawing, do you feel like there was any part of that that was like a coping mechanism for you or that it was like a way for you to express yourself? No, when I first started, no. Okay. Yeah. And I didn't really even think much about this until recently. Yeah. But but this whole like podcast prompt was like, got me thinking even more about it, of course. Yeah. But um, Love that. <laughs> yeah no it's it's a real thing too like i don't i'm not diagnosed with adhd but yeah. i self-diagnosed that on me like <laughs> if there's one thing that i have i think it's that yeah and it's crazy because i tattoo like eight hours a day right in a chair like just focused on one thing yep so it's like total anti-adhd but it's the one thing that i can do and truly focus for, on yeah Wow. Same with a sketchbook. Yeah. And, and also, too, like, if I'm at home or, like, if I have time off yep. from tattooing or creating art, it's, it's like, that's when I find myself, like, pacing. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll do, like, laps around the kitchen and just be like, <laughs> and then if I just, if I just touch that, if I pick up that sketchbook, I'm good. Wow. Like, now I can at least put that energy towards something. Yeah. And that helps out a ton. That's so interesting. Yeah. But only recently I realized that because like my free time when I'm just chilling or whatever, that's when it, that's when like talk about mental health and all that yeah. gets a little slow. Like I'm just like, damn, I'm like 
thinking about this, that, and the other. Right. I haven't got shit done today. Yep. Mind starts racing. So the soonest I can get up and like get to production. Yep. Even if it's just sketching. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a little bit of a relief there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So how do you, do you basically just start sketching and like just whatever comes to mind, you just start drawing or do you have something like in mind before you put it on the paper? It depends. Like sometimes I'm just doing like conceptualizing. So I'll be in a sketchbook and just like working on an idea that I'm going to bring into a bigger project and I'll sketch those things. But um, I do love to just, you know, draw whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Like that's, that's good. That's like a health, healthy part of yep. being creative. Absolutely. It's to just like find find your bigger projects through the mess of smaller shit that you just do. Stumble upon. Yeah. 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 Do you feel like you do get inspiration from anything or anywhere specific? Traveling. Yeah. But not even traveling. It's like just paying attention to life. Like, but that's why I love to travel, though. Um, but it could be the smallest shit, like. For me, it's just about paying attention, like being present, like because mostly what I paint and I draw is of life, like human life. Mm-hmm. So the weirdest shit, you know, like yeah. trash man type shit, yep. like mailboxes, <laughs> like peop- <laughs> people interacting, yep. like relationships, um, posture. Like I'm just paying attention. Like everyone I see is like a character, right? Yeah, and I can just kind of portray them how I want to when I get back to drawing or painting. Yeah. But paying attention to everything, society. Yep. It all kind of comes down into this, that fun, through that funnel. Yeah. Into whatever comes out. Right. That's dope. And I think that that's, not everybody is present. A lot of people aren't present in the moment. So I think that that's, that's nice to have. Number one is inspiration that you feel like that's kind of just like, how you are and what you do. Um, because a lot of people I feel like have to consistently practice being present. And I'm sure maybe sometimes Everyone. you have to too, but yeah. um, that's a really good, that's a really good thing because I feel like you probably do see so many things that so many other people are missing on a daily. Yeah, I feel that way. That's And then to have that be able to like come to life and, a painting or, you know, some sort of creation is, I feel like that's really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's, yeah, the whole presence thing, it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah. But that's, what's, that's what I mean about, like, the whole ADHD thing, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I have to be present when I'm doing a tattoo. Yeah, that's so true. So it's, it's like forced presence. I think you got to force yourself into presence, so that means doing meaningful shit. Yeah. Yep. You know? Like Absolutely. You gotta, whatever it is for you. Gotta get. It's gotta be. It's gotta be like catching your eye. Yeah. You can't just. You know. Yeah. Presence just fleets when you're not doing anything worth shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. So. Yeah. I think find your thing, and yep. then and then just. You know, do that as often as you can. This is super random, but it just came to my mind. Have you ever like completely fucked up when you were doing a tattoo? No, not completely. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's okay. one time I spelled the word wrong, but it was a Spanish word, and oh, no. the woman spelled it wrong, and I oh. I just trusted her. Of course, I didn't know what the word, even yeah, how to spell it, and all that. 
but no, that was her fault. <laughs> <laughs> she even she even said so. Oh, she didn't no. even realize it till a few weeks later either. Oh my god! She came back like, yeah, I spelled that shit wrong. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this was not on me. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, so you've been able to create art and do tattoos with some big name people. So how did that feel for you when that first started happening? Felt great. Like, <laughs> um, that was so tattooing is like it's a very competitive field. Um and that yeah, so so for me it was about and I was still painting at the time. Mm-hmm. So for me it was like how am I gonna stand out a little bit? Um so at the time I was doing some celebrity paintings. And that was kind of, well, yeah, and then I tattooed Jeremy Lamb, who who's in the NBA now, mm-hmm. but at the time he played for UConn. And that was like a, a little highlight on like my tattoo career yeah. was, was when he would come down and he would fly me out to do work for him. Um, but then outside of that, I did some celebrity paintings too that really just put the spotlight on on me in a way that showed people I I could paint as well. Yep. Uh, it showed people my skill level um, that I brought into tattooing. Yep. You know, like I was capable of uh, doing portraits and that type of thing. Yep. Which just like broadened my whole clientele for tattooing. Uh, it didn't pigeonhole me in any way because people were able to see, you know, that I could tattoo or paint and draw in like many styles yeah so that's been like the biggest plus in my whole career i would say yeah was was kind of showcasing my ability yeah absolutely and not being afraid to do it right like yeah and believe i don't do i don't do celebrity paintings anymore but like it's a different time Mm -hmm. at the time i was trying to make a living tattooing so I, i had to to differentiate myself in some way and that was kind of my the wave i took to do that yeah is there a reason why you don't do celebrity paintings anymore or yeah i just just simply don't want to you okay. know like yep it's like i'm at the point now where i only want to do what i want to do yep i think i've put a lot of years into uh even tattooing is like it's commissioned work you know mm-hmm a service-based industry yeah um uh, my dream my dream as a kid was to be an artist like a painter mm-hmm. you know to paint whatever the hell i want yeah and people love it yeah so um i'm, I'm slowly trying to migrate into the to that uh tattooing just consumed mm-hmm. consumed 15 years of my life yeah and i've always been painting in the meantime too but Reflecting now, I'm just thinking, man, if I if I only painted for 15 years, like, wow, yeah, what what could that have done for me? You know? Yep. So yeah, just making that adjustment and more balance towards the painting side of what I want to do is that's what I'm trying to do now. Yeah, good for you. Do you feel like there was anybody who was like the most memorable in terms of when you first started getting some big name people, or I guess just Throughout your whole career, has there been anybody who's been the most memorable? For tattoos? Yeah, we'll start there. <laughs> For tattoos. 
Probably like that's a few. Um, I tattooed probably like the biggest celebrity I've tattooed was uh, Brian Kelly from Florida Georgia Line. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice! That was just a cool experience because it was on his tour bus, and there was like oh, that's dope. A couple German shepherds next to us. It was just a chill ass day. Wow, uh, that was a cool, a cool experience. And then I tattooed Trinidad James out in L.A., mm-hmm. which was dope at the time. He was just a really cool guy, um, super humble dude. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I tattooed NBA players, NHL players. Mm-hmm. Adam Gaudet, he's a ton guy. Oh, nice. He's in the NHL now. Okay. So that was cool, you know. Come full see, circle. Yeah, to see him. Um, he's a hockey player from Taunton, too, so it was just dope to to see him get to where he's at and then be able to tattoo him he's he's had a couple different like articles on Nesson and whatnot that highlighted his tattoo work oh nice so things like that are cool yeah yeah what about for paintings for paintings um the biggest ones was big sean that was like the first one i ever did yeah that's a huge like first one yeah (laughs) that's awesome no that one skyrocketed shit at the time for me and he hung it up in his house and he posted it and all that wow which was even more cool like, yeah, you know, a lot of fan art just kind of gets lost. Like I actually painted one for MGK, and he had it, and he actually did lose it. It's so funny. Like, oh no, I had never known like what happened with it, and then randomly, this is like three or four years ago, I got a picture sent to me in a DM of some dude in like a Walmart parking lot with that painting. Stop. Yeah, and I'm like, damn. So that's where it ended up. Like, <laughs> oh so God. he had it. But no, I did uh, one for Wiz, too, and Wiz hung it up in his, I guess he's got, like, a home gallery. Yep. Stuff like that. But that was all, like, me searching them out. Like, they didn't hit me up to commission it or nothing like that. Yeah. I was just hustling my way to to get some eyes on what I was doing. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that definitely helped. It did. Did you feel like you saw, like, an actual drastic change in business after that? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Talk about being, do you feel like you were fully present in those moments of like, wow, this is real, this is happening? Yeah, yes, yes and no. I mean, at the time, for sure, I was young, so it was was the coolest thing ever to me. Yeah. (laughs) But being, you know, knowing what I know now and how big the world is and how little that shit matters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, you probably couldn't pay me enough to do another one. You yeah. know, another celebrity painting. I'd rather <laughs> paint whatever I want and yeah. then go about go about it that way. Yeah. So, but yeah, at the time it was it was my way of trying to stand out and make a career. If you could do work for somebody next, do you have someone who you it would be like a dream person to do something for, whether it was a tattoo or a painting? Yeah, probably Eminem. <laughs> Oh, if there was choice. one like commission though, that I would take for sure, him. Yeah, definitely my favorite. Growing up, at least, yeah. Eminem, to, if we, you're listening, it'd be tough to turn that one down. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's even like uh, like a feature dream for probably a lot of musicians too. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, oh, it's a pretty easy choice, one. but yeah, I gotta go with that. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Um, he was super into like comic books too when he was young. He loved to draw. Oh really? That's a big part of like his whole his whole uh, story too. 
Yeah. He's big into like illustrations and comic book type artwork. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I feel like that kind of makes sense. I mean, he's creative just in like when you yeah. g- think about all of his music and his music videos and like everything that he's ever done, he's yeah. he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, it's overlooked nowadays, but no, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a most memorable ta- most memorable tattoo that you've ever done? So not necessarily a person, but just in general, like. Yeah, yeah. The one I'll never forget was just was this old woman. She's like six. I don't even know. She's probably like late sixties, and she had terminal cancer, if I remember right. Wow. But all I know is that she has six months to live. Right. So this was Action Inc. And I'm at the desk, and this lady walks in, and she's got no tattoos that I can at least see. Yep. And she's like, I want to get a tattoo on my neck. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> like, and she said she wanted it to say, I look good, huh? With a question mark. So I'm like, this is just super weird. Like, I'm almost like, no. Like, I don't want to do that on you, you know? Yeah. Like, strange. But then she started dipping into her story. Of why she wanted it, and it was because she was terminally sick, and she was they gave her six months to live and all that. Wow. And she wanted to get, I look good, huh? Because when she was laying in a casket, she wanted people to just have a laugh. No shit. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do that tattoo. So we <laughs> did it. That's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But yeah, I'll never forget that one. That one stands out like, yeah. even to this day. So how does it feel? That's actually a perfect example of like a lot of tattoos have a lot of like deep personal meaning to them. So how does it feel to be a part of that experience for people? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the coolest part about it, really. It's what makes you tattoo seven days a week. Yeah. It's what makes you give discounts. Yeah. It's what makes you put all, you know, put all your energy into that one day and you're drained as hell afterwards but like this is this is a tattoo so yeah it's really not something you're gonna have be able to slack on today yep. you know yeah, you have to be on so it's dope i know that it means even when i get tattooed like i'm always questioning like man i wonder if this dude's on today mm-hmm. i wonder if he gives a shit about <laughs> yeah this or like you know what's his what's his level of giving a fuck today because yeah it's not until you get tattooed that you realize that shit, you know, matters. Yep. So that's, yeah, it's a lot of sacrifice that comes with doing it and, and being able to be on every day. Yeah. For them. Right. You know? Absolutely. When people come into the shop to get a tattoo, do they ever just dive in and tell you their story right away about what the tattoo means or do you ever ask? It's different every time, but a lot of times people have a, a really meaningful tattoo that they'll have a, a whole story behind it. And uh, and that's cool because it, it dives into all kinds of different conversations, right? It yep. kind of breaks breaks down the barrier and uh, we can get into some good conversations. So that's a cool part of the experience for sure. Yeah. Uh, other times it's not a really, you know, not, not a huge part of the conversation. Uh, it depends. Everybody's different with what they get and the meanings behind it and all that. But no, it can definitely lend to like building a relationship with the client uh, beyond just the tattoo experience, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Are there ever times where you 
go home and you're kind of like, I don't know, maybe you hear like a really sad story or something that really like sticks with you and you feel like, you're like, damn. Mm, yeah. Definitely. I've had clients that have passed away like weeks oh, wow. after I've tattooed them type of thing. Wow. That stuff sounds strange, you know? Yeah. Just kind of spend hours with these people. And you like get word that they passed away and it's a little strange. Like yeah. that, over the years that's happened a few times. Wow. Um Yeah, I mean it's it's an exchange of energy, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, it really is. That's what it is when you're tattooing somebody, so whatever conversations we have or topics that come up, it can lend to uh open mindedness, hopefully. Yep. Hopefully, between the both of us. Yep. And uh, and that's cool. You take it home with you, like you said. It's it's, uh, it's a learning experience for both parties. Yeah. It's kind of a cool thing about it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So what can we expect from Ryan Jones in the future? In the future, um, I think I'm getting into my... Probably my best years of tattooing, for sure. Love to hear that. Um, yeah, I feel like I've put in the 10,000 hours needed yep. at this point. And I'm ready to, um, yeah, I'm ready to produce my best work in tattooing, definitely. But aside from tattooing... I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be taking the same passion that I put into tattooing, and dump all that shit right into some painting. Yeah. <laughs> painting, amongst other things, like just in general, putting on art shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'll just leave it at that because <laughs> I'd rather show than tell. Yeah, that's no, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, love that. Maybe you'll have to show some of your art here sometime when there's a art show. You guys do shows here? Yeah. Dope. And then by you, I don't do anything, but they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do it all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's awesome. No, I thank you for being here. I think that there's so much behind art and tattooing that people don't realize. Um, and so it's it's really, really interesting to hear you talk about it and to kind of hear all the different experiences that you've had. First of all, how you got to, you know, doing more art and tattooing and how much I think that it really probably shapes you as a person um, because of all those different stories you hear and the different people that you meet. And um, I think that that's that's really, really beautiful in a way that I think a lot of people kind of don't think about. Mm. Um, And to talk about how tattoos don't need to be so stigmatized just like mental health and everything else Mm. (laughs) um so i think that a lot of people are gonna probably be surprised at some of the stuff that we talked about um and i think a lot of people are gonna learn a lot of different things from this episode too so i appreciate you for being you know honest and vulnerable in that way and kind of sharing your story today yeah thank you it was fun yeah um and i want you to be able to plug yourself so people can are you on social media still yeah just okay. instagram really just instagram yeah. so plug yourself so that people can follow you and see your work yeah it's just instagram at real ryan jones that's really it 
All right. It's really all I kind of maintain at the moment. You have a website as well. Yeah. So the shop website, tattoo website is uh, ras-studios.com. Okay. Yep. Is that also on your Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, so yeah, everybody go follow, go hit him up. He's probably super busy, but <laughs> maybe he'll be able to squeeze you in. <laughs> um, he does amazing work. I mean, you'll be able to see it if you follow his stuff. He's done work on a lot of my family and friends as well and on me. Um, and so, yeah, everybody go follow. And again, thank you for being here. Um, I'm excited for people to hear this episode and learn more about all of this. So everybody go follow, like, comment, subscribe. Um, Ryan's information will also be underneath in the description of the episode. So be able to find it there um, as well as all of the information for the podcast. So thanks for watching.